All right, you ready for a new series, are you? Okay. I'm Brett, pastor here at the church, and today we're going to begin uh, an eight-week journey together talking about relationships because, let's face it, you know, I mean, they're, they're the big, big, biggest part of our life. I don't know. Uh, certainly our relationship to God is like central to our life. And then relationships, son, daughter, family members, people at work, friendships, all that, people at church. It's just, and when relationships are going well, hey, I don't know, a little, little skip in your step, huh? I feel lighter, things are better. When relationships are out of sorts, there's conflict, there's um, disunity, division, then you can't sleep at night, your stomach feels terrible, and you know, on and on it goes. So the Bible has a lot to say about relationships. And what we'll do each week is we'll take a passage and we'll just try to draw from it what God would have us to hear regarding our, our relationships. I want to look at this passage today to get it kicked off. It's James chapter 4 and uh, the first three verses. So if you have your Bible and you want to turn there, you can. James chapter 4, this is how it reads. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet, cannot obtain, so you fight. And quarrel, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. All right, we're going to talk about this today. And I want to go to prayer now and pray for our series, but also pray for Dan and Alicia, Alicia Takini. They are the parents of the family, a Redwood Tree. Uh, hit their home, and, a two and a half, their two-and-a-half-year-old was killed in that this past Wednesday. And Danny, uh, their child's older brother, comes to our Christian school here. So we have a relationship with this family, and I'd ask you to join in praying for them. Lord, we do lift up this family to you, and Danny, and Dan, and Alicia, and pray for their uh, comfort from you and the Holy Spirit. Uh, we um, ask you to Speak to them, Lord, that they'll have uh, a sense of your presence, your control of even this child's uh, home and glory. Just give them peace and um, provide for them in whatever way it needs to be provided for. Help us as a church to reach out and to love them. And we pray, too, for this service and this time as we begin a new series of relationships. God, help our relationships to be better in every way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want to uh, walk you through this passage and talk about it. The subject is right given for us. What causes quarrels uh, and what causes fights among you? That's what he's talking about. So if we understand that, the answer to that question, then we'll get the message today. All right, so what, what causes it? You say, well, the other person's wrong and I'm right. That's what causes it. <laughs> uh, they just don't understand me. That's what causes it, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but a little, obviously, it's a little deeper than just that. I'm right and they're wrong. James says that what causes the fights is your passions that are at war within you. You have, you have a lot of things you want, is what he's saying. You know, we all, we all have that. We can relate to that. We want something. 
And uh, you want it bad. You want it bad. Not only do you want it, you have to have it. You have to have it. And so you can't let it go. Can't trust God for it. Can't wait for it. You, you have to have it. It's a battle inside of you. And so you're going to quarrel and fight till you get it. And the person, the other person stands in the way of you getting what it is that you want that is at war within you. I mean, the quick solution is, look, just pray about it. Let God have it. He'll, in his time, he'll give it to you. You're like, no. <laughs> I want it now. So it's pretty intense, you know. It's pretty intense. It's a passion. It's a passion. And it's driving you. And it's, uh, it, it's the, what the Bible talks about, fleshly desire. The lust of the flesh. Um, and we're warned in Scripture to not give in to that. The Apostle Peter, in his letter, 1 Peter 2.11 says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. James in uh, the same letter in chapter 1, verses 14 to 15, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, the choice of sin. So James is just saying you want something. You want something so bad there's desires that are going on and you're willing to quarrel and fight to get it. It's a battle. It's a war. So what are those things? What are those things? Well, certainly they're not the things of the Spirit of God. They're the things of the flesh. It's the, it's the things of your sinful nature that you have, even if you're a Christian here today and you've come to know Christ as your Savior, you've been born again, you have a new nature. When you become a Christian, that's the beautiful thing about becoming a Christian is that you are born again. God comes to, the person of Jesus Christ comes to live inside of you. The Holy Spirit is at work in you, making you a new person. You've begun a new life. The old things are past, new things are come, have come. And that's why you want to worship. That's why you want to listen to God's word. That's why you want to obey his word. All of that is the new nature that you have as a result of becoming a born again child of God. But you still have the old nature there. The nature that you inherited from Adam that has desires that are frankly scary. I mean, frankly scary. What we're capable of. Uh, the, as James says, the things that'll lure you into sin, that'll pull you in. See, they're self-satisfying, selfish, self-gratifying sort of desires. So what do, what do people desire so much that they're going to quarrel and fight over it? Well... Sometimes it's just being, um, you know, part of the group. And if somebody snuffs you or, you know, or slights you or turns a cold shoulder and you're not part of the group, that you really want to be part of that, that group. Because that group is the cool group. And I've never been a part of a group like that, so I don't know. But no. So uh, whatever that is. But there's a certain group that you want to be a part of and, and somebody's not, let, or not letting you in, you know. And it's nothing we talk about. It's just they're not letting you in. You're mad at them. Because you want to be identified with that particular group. Maybe you want your kids to have something. What do you want? You know, it's like these desires within you. You may want your kids. 
uh, to get something that'll advance them, promote them, help them, and somebody's standing in the way of that. Maybe they don't like your kids. What do you mean you don't like my kids? They don't like your kids. They won't let your kids advance. And so you got a desire for your kids, and this person's getting in the way, so you're going to quarrel and you're going to fight about it until we get our kids in there. I mean, I don't know what it is. Appreciation? You want to be appreciated? Okay, we appreciate you. Somebody's not appreciating me. That whole office staff doesn't appreciate me. And that particular person over there is keeping me from advancing so that I'll have success and then really be appreciated. It's a desire for me to be appreciated. You know, I mean, it's just a strong, it's a strong you thing. It's a you thing. It's a desire. It's waging war within you. And you know that God says in Scripture we're to love one another which means love, uh, here's the description of love in 1 Corinthians 13, love is not self-seeking. Love doesn't seek its own. Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. He's given us example, washed the disciples' feet the night before he, you know, the night right before he was betrayed, he washed their feet, served them, told them, do as I've done unto you. Wash each other's feet, love each other, put each other first. Last week we talked about don't look after your own interests only, but also the interests of others. But boy, is there ever a battle for that. Because people hurt us, you know? And people don't give us what we want. And people get in the way. And people hurt our children, all that kind of thing. And so it goes over time. That's what I've seen it. It's sort of one thing that happens to you, a disappointment that you don't know how to process it. You don't know how to deal with hurts. So they just sort of get buried, you know, and, and you're sort of in denial. If you're a Christian and we ask you how you're doing, you say, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And you're like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I'm doing great. I gave it to God. Gave it to the Lord. <laughs> you're so mad. You're so bitter, you know, and you don't know where to go with it. So you kind of cover it over with a super spirituality, which makes you feel like you've dealt with it, but you really haven't because you're still seething inside, and, and you feel the battle. And so after time of doing this with people in your life, you're, it's usually come, it comes out of jealousy. It comes out of something like that. But you, all of a sudden, something ignites it. You get lit, you know, and boom. You won't talk to the person again. You don't want to see them. You don't show up. You know, all that kind of stuff. So if there's a quarrel and a conflict, somebody's being selfish. That's what James says. Selfishness lurks behind all discord. If you come into my office and there's conflict, I say, well, who's being selfish? <laughs> she is. He is. They, no, they are. She is. It's like, what do you want? I mean, what, what do you have to have right now? What do you have to have? What do you have to have? I have to have understanding of me, my feelings. Okay. You have to have that? God understands you. Does that help you? God will give you what you long for. I mean, the Lord loves you, and he'll strengthen you, and he'll empower you. Is, is that okay? No, I need it from her or him. So who's being selfish? And then you get to the point where you say, you know, I'm being selfish. 
Dang it, it's always about me. <laughs> always about me. Lord, forgive me for forgetting that you're all I need. Lord, forgive me for forgetting that my mission in life is to give my life to build up my wife or my husband, or to build up other people, that you've called me to really encourage them. And, and in doing so, I'll find greater peace and joy than I ever thought possible because it all comes back. And I know I've gotten out. I just messed up, Lord. I'm on the wrong track. And that's what James is getting at here. Uh, he says you, um, you desire something and you don't have it, so you murder. Ooh. You covet. And you cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. We hear about crimes of, of passion, right? This whole Idaho thing. I mean, I just, I hardly, I don't even want to mention the word murder because it's so, it's so goofy in our culture. But this Idaho thing, and who knows, you know, probably a crime of passion didn't get what he wanted. Um, it's an extreme case. Uh, some people, you know, handle conflict uh, very aggressively. Uh, they're very, they're, um, you know, they fight. They, uh, they go on the attack mode right away, verbal assaults, threats to sue, um, and all kinds, of, they explode, they can't handle their emotions. I think the murder here obviously is a figure of speech, kind of the extreme of attack. Um, and then there's other people that are the opposite of fighting, they, they, they like flight, they don't, they don't want conflict. And a lot of you in here are that way, you're like, oh, I hate conflict, I hate it, I don't want, I just, just thinking about it, you know. And so uh, those people are more, um, tend, to, tend to deny that there's a problem, tend to ignore the problem, don't want to deal with the problem. And you can read a passage like these two verses and go, see, see, you deniers. You're like, are you avoiders? You're like, see, see, the Bible says I'm right. See, we just don't talk about it. We never deal with it. There's no conflict, see, right? You're like, this verse is for me. Okay, okay, that's not true. What this verse, what these verses are dealing with is fights and quarrels and bitterness and division and all that. As a believer, okay, I mean, understanding scripture, we're to move into relationships with love and truth and a desire to have peace and honesty and sincerity. We're to move into relationships like that. We're not to run away from them. Some people just, they run away, they sweep everything under the rug, and they go, see, I've dealt with it. No, you haven't. And that's what I mean. Later on, all that stuff that's been swept under the rug and denied and super spiritualized and covered over, that comes back later. And it, it causes you to distance yourself from people. So and we'll get into that in this series about speaking the truth in love and how do we, how do we go about dealing with hurts and all of that. But this is, a, this is dealing with quarrels and fights and arguments. There's a, there's a boundary there. If you're talking about something, you have a difference with somebody, you know, politics is a good example, whatever. Uh, you're talking and it starts to go to a fight and an argument. You just, so, you just go time out. You know, I know that. I don't want anybody to, it's okay. We can take a little time. Take a breather. <laughs> uh, you know, or maybe it's just some, a subject we can't talk about right now because there is a boundary. We're not going to fight and yell and argue and quarrel. We won't do that. Okay, I would tell you categorically, as a believer in Jesus Christ, there's a boundary there. You don't do that. Matter of fact, from 2 Timothy chapter 2, 
uh, verses 23 and 24, uh, we are told that the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, gently correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them understanding, repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. So we're always to gently respond to people. We're always to, if we're going to correct, if there's a, if differences in relationship to truth or whatever, we're going to correct. We, all sh- we should do it without quarreling. Once there's a quarrel, we just time out. Okay? So you may have to count to 100. <laughs> You, you may have to just say, hey, well, I just, I just need to, I just want to pray. I want to take a time out. Um, of course, when you're, like, when you're all worked up, you know, and if you're, if you're the more the attack mode person, the fighter, you just, it's like you can't let it go. You just kind of keep going and keep going and keep going. So it takes a little bit of discipline here. You desire and you do not have, So you murder, thinking about Cain killing his brother Abel in the book of Genesis chapter 4 when Abel's offering was accepted by God and Cain's was not. And Cain became jealous of his brother. And as a result of it, they went out in the field and Cain killed his brother Abel because of jealousy. Okay, um, because he didn't get what he wanted. This is in uh, chapter 3. Uh, of the book of James, right before the section we're looking at. And I, I, want to, I want you to see this because there's a lot of good, helpful things to understand about the desires within you. Okay, what's going on? He says, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false um, to the truth, jealousy and selfish ambition. This is not wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly unspiritual demonic okay so he's going to describe here wisdom uh, from above and then wisdom that's demonic wisdom that is demonic is characterized by selfish ambition and jealousy in other words you reason it out and you think the best thing to do is what I think we should do and what I believe and I know And you don't realize that you're being driven by jealousy in your attitude towards those people. You don't realize that, but you are, but you're just going to push. You keep pushing. He's called it, he calls it an unspiritual demonic wisdom. If you got that, you got, uh, you got, you got serious problems for where jealousy and selfish ambition exists. There you're going to have disorder and every vile practice. Some people are, they're in conflicts because they're jealous. Yeah, they're jealous that they don't have the same friends that you have. They're jealous that their kids aren't as smart as yours or successful as yours or have the same opportunity as you. They're jealous that the money you make and they don't make. They're jealous of the lifestyle that you have and enjoy that they don't have. And it's all a real, it's, a, it's kind of a hidden thing. You know, they're jealous that you're your business is succeeding. We're there to have the same business and they're not succeeding. They're jealous about it. And there's a selfish ambition like, I want what you have. There's a coveting. And all of that's going on. And then you start reasoning out of that. You know, like they don't deserve this and I do. And I've worked harder for them. You start reasoning. And guess what? Your reasoning, because it's driven by jealousy and because it's driven by selfish ambition, that, re- that reasoning is coming from the devil. You want that? 
like the devil's stirring it up. <laughs> In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says, Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. You know, don't let the sun go down while you're angry. And don't give place to the devil. If you let the sun go down while you're angry, you give place to the devil. He works on you. Bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, all that stuff gets in your heart. And then it starts coming out. Coming out in relationships. And you, you know, you turn a cold shoulder. You're passive aggressive. And we ask you how you're doing. You go, not fine. Okay. But you never show up. And you know, you're, all, you're late. And you don't want to come. And there's a, there's a vibe. You know, there's like a, a vibe. It's not a fun vibe, but there's a vibe. And you can feel it. Where's it coming from? It's coming from that person's selfishness. Their life is centered around what they want. And they're not getting it. So they're upset. Listen, if you've got quarrels and conflicts going on, first place to start is with you. What should you want, you know? What should you want? How about, how about, let's talk about what the Lord, what the new nature wants. The new nature wants blessing for people. Let, let's talk, talk about the wisdom. That's the wisdom that's from the devil that springs out of a jealous, self, selfishly ambition heart. That's the, that's the kind of reasoning that happens. What about, let's get the wisdom from God. You want that? You want to know what God's wisdom is? How you can recognize that God's helping me sort this out. Here it is. James says, but the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It's unmixed. It doesn't have selfish agendas in it. It's not part me and part you. It's very pure. It's, it's God-honoring. It's without, you know, ulterior motives. It's the wisdom from above is peaceable. God's going to give you wisdom on how to make peace, not on... The wisdom from demonic wisdom is how to get your way. The wisdom from above is how to, how to have peace. See, it's peaceable. The wisdom is peaceable. It is, notice, gentle. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be gentle to all. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. God's giving you wisdom. There is a purity about you, and there's a gentleness about you. When we're talking about whatever, open to reason. There's a good one. I'm listening because what I want is peace, brother. I just, just want peace. And, and I want to glorify God. So I'm listening. I'm listening. Oh, God, help me to listen. Keep my mouth shut and listen. Not plan my response. Not, not get the argument in my mind as to why I'm right and you're wrong. And I'll formulate it. Yeah, I keep talking, but I'm formulating it. And then bam. No, no, no. You want something else when God gives you wisdom. You want peace. You want to glorify Him. You want Christ to be seen. Your main objective is not to be right. Have to be right. Have to be shown as being smart and intelligent and whatever else your desire is. You know, to be special. You, you, God's given you wisdom here to be at peace and gentle, open to reason. Look at this one, full of mercy. I forgive you. God's forgiven me. Of course, I sin. Thank you, God, for your forgiveness. And I'm just, I'm, I'm full of mercy for you. 
course I'll forgive. Jesus said, forgive as you've been forgiven. You know, you're going to follow Christ's example, love one another and forgive one another as Christ has forgiven you. The wisdom God's given me is full of mercy, full of mercy and good fruits. I just want this to result in such a good way where we're unified. We're just, the relationship's restored. We're reconciled. That's it. That's the good fruit. Amen. And uh, impartial and sincere. So you know if your heart is, if these things are in your heart, then you're getting wisdom from God. And book of James in chapter 1 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. These are the characteristics of the wisdom from above. Selfishness, demanding, manipulation, coveting, having to have your own way, self, that's all demonic wisdom coming out of your sinful nature and issuing itself in conflicts. So what is the whole key to relationships? It's spiritual. It's having your heart in the right place. Right? Like, you got to be at peace with God to be at peace with others. And you got to experience forgiveness to forgive. And you have to know mercy to give it. And you have to let God be Lord and let Him provide for your needs rather than you doing. I mean, it's a real spiritual experience. And that's why I, I think I said it to you last week, certainly the mark of spiritual growth as we work out our salvation is good relationships. It's the mark of spiritual maturity. It shows that the person really gets the bigger picture in mind, like God's glory and like unity in God's church for the sake of the good news of the gospel. I mean, anybody who's peaceable and all, it shows they get the big picture. And they're willing to give up being right. They're, they're willing to, to lay it down. They don't have to have anything. And they won't push for it. <clears throat> Sincere. Good fruits. I had a, a situation uh, when we started Spring Hills 30 years ago. Um, before we started the church, uh, Eve and I, my wife, we were in Dallas, and I was on staff at a church there, a large church. I wasn't the pastor, but I was part of the staff. And, uh, you know, we felt God really prompting us to start a church from scratch. And since both Eve and I grew up in the Bay Area, we were like, let's come back home and start a church. So we did. And we had to raise support and all that money to help us uh, rate, to start the church. There was a couple that we loved in our ministry in Dallas. We loved them. They're fun, and we did a lot of things with them. And, and he was quite, quite a gifted guy. And so I, I was like, hey, you want to consider coming with us? You know? Like, come with us, and you can work in certain parts of the church ministry, and I'll do, you know, have a team, right? You want a team. And they got all excited and I was excited, and somewhere along the line, they got, he got the idea in his mind that I was hiring him for a position in California. And I mean, we didn't even have support totally raised for even I, I, but he got that idea. And when we're about two weeks before we're going to go, I told him, you know, dude, I don't, there's no job. I mean, you're coming by faith, man. We're going by faith, and we'll help each other. You can eat over our house. I mean, but it's, it's a real step of faith. Well, he got so mad. She got, his wife, they got so mad. They felt like, because they were changing their plans, and they were ready to go, and they felt like I deceived them, and 
I promised them something and didn't, get, didn't deliver, and they were upset, and they didn't want to speak to us. I mean, it was a total, like, whatever they wanted, they weren't getting. So what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, I mean, I could have said, oh, well, that's what it, it sometimes we suffer for Jesus, and see you later. <laughs> you know, I got a, we got a church to get started. I, uh, you know, you obviously missed it somewhere. Like, go get counseling or something. We got to get going. <laughs> it actually wasn't from this particular passage, but God, God, I felt give me gave me wisdom. All right, that's the wisdom from. I felt like God gave me wisdom, and here's what we did. We had them over to our house for dinner. And I can still remember it. And I didn't, I didn't have any, I, mean, I wasn't like churning inside or angry inside or whatever. But I just said to him, I want you to know both of you, I'm so sorry for what, all this that happened. And that I obviously didn't communicate clearly. And I, I just took a real humble, you know, like peaceable, mercy, wanting good. I just took a real humble place. I was honest with him. And I just want you to know, even I love you, and we want the best for you, and we're just here tonight for me to express that to you, how much you mean to us, and I'm so sorry. It won them over. It won them over. We left that night reconciled. They didn't end up coming here, but they supported us. Uh, reconciled, hugs, all that. That's the wisdom from above. That's what you could have. You could have demonic wisdom, which is like, we want you to know that you unnecessarily stressed us out. We're trying to go do a church for God, and you're laying this trip on us, and what's wrong with you? You know, you're so selfish. I mean, we could have done that, huh? And then they would have talked to 10 other people who would have stopped supporting us <laughs> or whatever, but it'd just be a mess. This is God's wisdom. The big question is, do you want it? If you know the Lord and love the Lord and want to serve the Lord, then you want that. Not your own selfish desires that are waging war in your soul. You want the glory, you want the glory of God. Okay? You just and that, that's a good bottom line. What will bring glory to God? Because that's what we're living for. What causes conflicts? He tells us you want something and can't get it. So take some time to think, what do I really want here? And maybe what I want I need to ask God for, right? You respond in anger and you go on the attack. That's what James says. That's the source. You, um, and uh, he says you, you have not because you ask not. You're not praying about it. See, I, I think there, there's so many things. And James, again, chapter, uh, chapter 4 here and into chapter 5. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he might exalt you at, at the proper time. You know, or James chapter 5 here. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer, make your requests known to God, and the peace of God will guard your heart. I mean, it's like God knows what you need before you ask Him. 
He loves you. So what is it you want? Ask God for it and then take a posture of just serving and loving those people in your life. But don't, don't squeeze them, demand from them and try to get it from them and get into a spiritual warfare conflict that's going to divide you from people. Ask God for what you want. And then James says, when you ask, you don't get it. Uh-oh, why not? Because you ask wrongly. To spend it on your passions. It's like You are so messed up spiritually, even when you go to pray, you don't get what you pray for because you're asking for the wrong things. Like, Lord, help them to see that they're wrong. <laughs> you know, Lord, smack them upside the head so they wake up to what a jerk they, he really is. Lord, cause his business to fail. That'd be great so that you get the glory for that. I mean, I don't know. It's like when your heart's wrong, you pray wrong. The book of Psalms uh, 66, Psalm 66, verse 18. If I regard iniquity, sin in my heart, the Lord won't hear. Why not? Because I'm asking for all the wrong stuff. I'm, I'm messed up. In 1 Peter chapter 3, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. We might get to that passage in the series. It's a good one. First Peter 3, live with your wives in an understanding way. Or literally dwell with her according to knowledge. I mean, she's different than you. Don't treat her like one of the buddies. Treat her like a woman. She's different. Understand her, you know? Understand her. And then he goes on, treat her as a fellow heir of the grace of life, the blessing of this relationship. And then he says, so that your prayers are not hindered. Interesting phrase there. In other words, you're, you're out of sorts with her. There's something going on with you spiritually, and it's affecting your ability to ask rightly. Um, you ask and you don't receive because you're asking wrongly. Look at this passage in 1 John. This is the confidence that we have towards God. Confidence in prayer. If we ask anything according to his will, then he hears us. If you ask according to God's will, then guess what? You're going to get it. And we know that if he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. So here's, let me give an example. Instead of saying, you know, Lord, show them that they were wrong. Show them that they're you know, an idiot, selfish, dishonest. How about this? Here's one. Let's just pray. Let's, a little prayer right here. Okay, Lord, Lord, for your glory and for the sake of your name, would you humble my heart when I talk to them so that it's peaceable and full of mercy? And would you work in them in such a way where they'll see how much I love them and and that unity is possible and reconciliation is possible. God, would you just work in this situation to bring about something that we'll talk about for your glory in the coming days. Did God hear that? Yes, he hears that. That's what he wants. What is, you learn what God wants. You pray accordingly. He hears it. Lord, there's conflict here. And there's quarreling here. 
And Lord, I just confess that I'm probably a big part of it and I just can't see it. I just, I confess whatever I need to confess to you. Help me to see it so that I can repent of it and make it right with you and with them. God, open my eyes to see where my heart is selfish and in the wrong place. God, would you do that? They, they, they want to spend their, they want to ask for things that they can spend on their own pleasure. So they ask wrongly. But if you ask rightly, so again, this is a big spiritual issue. How do I know if my heart's in a good place or not? <laughs> because I, I, this is an important question, and it is sort of a question we'll bring up as we go along in this series. But how do you know your heart's in the right place? Because I'll tell you, I, over the years, I'll talk to a Christian and say, Hi, you know, how are you doing with that situation? Fine. Fine. <laughs> Fine. And you know that... That woman that, you know, that gossiped about you and, and said some things about you and your family and, uh, and you were in a small group together and boy, it got really bad and all of that. Um, and I know that was a while ago and you, you asked for prayer. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. Fine. Praise the Lord. I gave it to God. Do you, do you ever see them anymore? I mean, do you guys, do you ever hang out? No, no. I give them to God. I let them do whatever they're going to do. All right, so you get what I'm saying? You haven't gotten over it. Your heart's a mess, and we're never going to move ahead. And not only that, but you bring all that baggage into the next relationship or the next group. It's got baggage. Everybody's got baggage. We've got to get rid of baggage. All right, so I can pray God's blessing on them when, I, when my heart's right. I just pray God's blessing. God bless you. I want the best. I mean, I don't. Lord, bless them, bless their family, and give him success in his business. And, and uh, you know, he, I felt wronged, but I give that to you. You forgave me. I forgive them, Lord. They may never come around, but it's okay. And uh, would, you, would you bring them to Christ? Maybe they don't know the Lord. Lord, bless them. You see? I'm willing to meet with them. They say, hey, can we get together? Can we get together? You're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I, I really need to get together just to be able to talk this out. I just feel a burden to get. No, no, hey, look, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. We don't need to get together. Your heart's in the right place when you're willing to meet. Not just once, but two, three, four times. You want to be able to say, I'll meet with you. I'll meet with you tomorrow, the next day, and the day after that. I'll meet with you. Pray with you, humble myself before you, I'll meet with you. My blood pressure doesn't go up when I talk about them. <laughs> Here's the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, a famous prayer. Here's one, a good one for you. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is error, truth. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O oh, Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Let's pray together. Yeah, that could be your prayer here today. God, to you be the glory. 
Listen, you may not understand the way to work all the different situations out in your life. wouldn't expect in one message or one passage to be able to sort it all out. But would you just say to the Lord, give me the wisdom from above and I'll humbly receive it because I want you, God, to receive the glory. And I want people to remark about how reconciliation is possible and how unity is really possible if people are humble and seek for mercy and are peaceable and impartial. And so, God, I just want you to fill me with heavenly wisdom. Kick the devil out. I want to submit to you. So, Lord, that my relationships are good. Give me courage. Courage to meet when I need to meet and to humble myself when I need to do that. Give me that courage, Lord. And listen, maybe here today and you do not have the assurance of your relationship to Jesus Christ. I want you to have that now. Just say, Lord, forgive me. Wash me. I know there are people that have hurt me, but I've certainly hurt others. And I, I'm no saint apart from you, Lord. I am lost. I need you. Forgive me. Come into my life and make me the person you'd have me to be. And God, I pray for our small groups as they launch in our church that you will, by the Spirit, bond us together and bless us with unity. And when there are relationship challenges, that we'll sort them out and work them out according to your, your word that you've spoken to us. In Jesus' name, amen.